And welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. I thought he was going to say William Shatner. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. <clears throat> and tonight we're going to talk about raising our personal energy field. It's actually part three to the series of Raising Vibrations, and this one's focusing on our personal energy field. Which is the easy one, by mm -hmm. the way. Today in Mayan is <coughs> the blue solar storm. Or nine Kawak, which mm -hmm. is the thunder being. And Kawak is the power of voice. It's our power of creation. And tone nine is the day of introspection, looking in and, and taking care of business. I pulse in order to catalyze. <coughs> Realizing energy, I seal the matrix of self-generation with the solar tone of intention. I'm guided by the power of vision, which mm. is a verbalization of what's going on today. And any part of that you may have noticed, well, uh, very much it is intention that creates our reality. And that would be a nice liaison into the subject of raising our personal vibrational rate is to intend to raise it. Yes, and today is a core day as well. Mm -hmm. which is a very powerful day of stability and mm -hmm. taking things from spirit and making the transmutation into flesh or into physical. Yeah. So good day for that. By the way, speaking <coughs> of solar tone, there's um, core days are related to solar activity, which scientists have mm -hmm. not figured out because scientists in general do not have the Mayan um, timeline to uh, observe. And uh, it's... Um, in cycles that are many years long. However, they are related to core days in the Zolkin, so. Yeah, well, I think it's really important to include Mayan. I mean, we hadn't discussed that prior, mm -hmm. but to include Mayan in how to raise your personal frequency because oh, absolutely. morphing time or looking at time in a very different way changes who you are, changes how you live your life. <clears throat> if we think about it, ever since we were born, even when we are fed every four hours, we get up at a certain time, we go to school, preschool, everything, nap time, dinner time, bedtime, everything time, time. We start re uh, thinking of time as an authority figure and we just assume it and we live by this authority figure. But when mm -hmm. you think differently about time and see it more as a way to articulate the now, it becomes very different and it becomes a tool that you use rather than a master you serve. Completely well, different frequency a, then. A very important concept <laughs> in that uh, people give up their power to, it's six o'clock, well yeah, I'm hungry. Now ask your body, are you hungry? Mm. Well, I don't care, it's six o'clock, therefore I'm hungry, ask your body. I haven't asked my body anything in simply years. I don't know how to ask my body. It's six o'clock, therefore I'm hungry. Yeah, please. Good God, yeah, and we create time, that's another thing. And there's huge, there's a lower frequency you can create for yourself, use the word late. Okay, there's no such thing as late. late if you look through a, a telescope and you're expecting Mars to be there and Mars is not there, you don't say Mars is late. Yeah, because there's no such thing, that's the way that works. Mm -hmm. Um, so mm -hmm. the idea well, you had started talking about one of the first things that we do when we increase our vibratory field, mm -hmm. which means we are not down in the denseness. If our yeah. body's vibrating at a low hertz frequency, 
we begin vibrating at the level of viruses and bacteria, and that's when we get sick. Mm -hmm. When we raise our vibrations, we vibrate in a place where these lower vibrational organisms cannot live. They may be there passing through, but they really don't take hold. So raising the vibration first begins with the decision, and you had started to talk about that earlier. Well, yeah, if we brought up <coughs> the idea of disease and vibrating higher than disease, that's to talk about the idea of the body, mind, spirit, trinity, and the secret being there, the two-thirds majority rules. So the spirit will <coughs> always be laying down decisions based on you becoming more conscious and the body will always be turning in a vote based on the environment it lives in and the food that it eats. And the brain is always the swing vote. The brain always makes the difference as to whether it follows the spirit or follows the body. So there's your um, formula for the uh, increasing your immune system by increasing um, your thoughts and by listening more to your soul than to people that are telling you this disaster or that disaster. Or that it's cold and flu season or that yeah, it's allergy yeah. season. Because we do listen to these things. And we don't, yeah, and we've been so trained. It's 6 o'clock, it's flu season, and there's a rising oil price, and then just boom, you explode. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's you're making, so this is what we really don't comprehend. It's all the decision. Mm -hmm. It's all the, so I have been uh, looking at a crop circle, and I, <coughs> this is where the, the okay go ahead yeah okay and i thought to myself i would like to understand crop circles on the next level up i wasn't asking for as much information as i could possibly get i wasn't asking for anything and i thought to myself well then that's a very good next um, affirmation to write because i'm always looking for the next affirmation and i'm always in the process of completing the last one. I've got them down to one at a time now. And then that cycles through for about nine days where I'm writing a particular affirmation. And then it cycles through the next. So I thought, okay, I will write as my next affirmation, I perceive crop circles on the next level up. And uh, I have been looking at the crop circle and all that went through my mind. And I looked away to fold the thinking into files. And then when I looked back, I saw a whole new definition in the crop circle I had just been looking at. So it happened instantaneously. The frequency went up, but I'll still write the affirmation because now I can go to the one above that. You know. Well, I think that that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. And it, it's very, I was gonna bring up the idea that I, I don't remember, maybe 10 years ago or so, I had bought those little M&M mini tubes for mm -hmm. Halloween for kids. Ah. And I had a bunch left over. We didn't get as many kids as I thought. and so. I thought it would be fun to separate, pour them all in a bowl, separate the different colors, and then put them in the tube of that color. And then I wrote on them uh, a function that they were going to serve in my life. The blue ones was psychic development. The uh, green ones were, was heart healing or love. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember what I assigned them all. I think the red ones were grounding and, and various things like that. Passion. And I would take two of those a day as if they were pills because everything in our reality is a placebo effect. Everything <laughs> that we do is a placebo. Oh, that's a good one. And it's, it's evidenced in so many different ways. For instance, people that are diagnosed with a disease, and I have always likened diagnoses with uh, gypsy curses, very similar thing. I know the intention may not be the same, but the outcome is 
I think I, I read a study one time where they, they researched people that had been diagnosed with cancer and what the doctors predicted and what actually happened. And they were astounded at how many people will die to the day. The doctor says, you've got five years. It will be five years to the day or two to three months. And thankfully, people are realizing that they can change this by not buying into it. And I'm not saying that doctors are out there attempting to get us to die in five years. A lot of people just don't know the effect that our words have. When well, I first started doing readings for people, I realized that our words are like seeds that we give each other and we plant them in a garden. And so don't plant any seeds that you wouldn't love to have grow in another human being. And that really is our integrity. It's, our, it's something that we can do to serve the planet and grow beautiful plants in each of us. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, throughout the mass majority of the time I've been incarnate, this particular incarnation, mm -hmm. I have been unaware of the effect I have on people, either negatively or positively. I've been simply unaware of it. I had, uh, many years ago, I had walking pneumonia and I was so happy. And the boogie-woogie flu? I had to do it. Okay. okay. I went to a hospital and I was so happy to have been pronounced with walking pneumonia because then I could walk around saying I've got walking pneumonia but then everybody would you know back up and that's okay too. Um, now I, this got to the point where I became extremely feverish and I uh, went into that land you go into where you uh, sort of fall asleep when you're very feverish mm -hmm. into a delirium and in the delirium I met for the first time an angel that was specifically say the word guide I don't care uh, assigned to me to show me the effect I was having um, in those days, which was just taking people into past lives. Uh, it was pretty much that, and I read poems, and I read faces, and I, I probably did a half a dozen other things, but the, the list of clients that I was working with was many years ago. And uh, this angel in this dream time showed me a system of geometric patterns in other words, if I awoken someone by taking them into a past life and they may never speak or think of me again, that didn't make any difference, but they would have um, an effect on someone else out from them mm -hmm. and then that person an effect out from them. So there were these radiating geometries that were in patterns that were radiating out. And then probably four years later, I got walking pneumonia again and went through the same delirium and met with the same angel. and. Perhaps by then the show had started, and so I got to see the effect that the show was having. And then again, uh, after the publishing began and the effect the books were having. And the very last and final time that I uh, will be meeting with that angel, because I can hang on to this information in my conscious mind, there was this, it was now in translated into color. It was no longer in geometric form. And this color filled my consciousness all the way to the horizon in every direction, meaning that uh, the work we're doing here on the show, the work you do, the, the, the uh, concentric know, rings out from this was amazing. This was affecting just everyone. Well, I think every single thing we do, every breath yes, we take yes. does this. Uh, I think I've, I've mentioned on the show where I was somewhere and somebody was rude to me and I realized then I snapped it 
somebody and then it just I saw the ripple yeah and so I decided to do wonderful loving things and watch that ripple as well do we have a yeah. call we do hi caller what's your name please it's Rita Rita hi what can we do for you I just have a question because Mary was talking about um, having colds and, and the vibration you mm -hmm. being at a lower vibration how about infants and toddlers um, when they have colds how does that work well I I guess that's going to be specific, um, but I hesitate to say this, but I had heard this years ago. I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it nowadays, which I can uh, elaborate on a little later in the show, but often animals and young children will pick up the vibration that's going on around them. Oh. And so if the parents are stressed out, if this is stressed out, whatever that is, they will pick up the vibration. Now with that being said, let me just say part two to that okay. real quick. Also, when we are young and we're children, it, if it's not that motive, like for instance, when we start vibrating low and we're tired, we may get an illness because we're at that frequency, but there may also be a purpose of teaching behind it that would make us stay in bed and rest. Mm -hmm. Or the children, when they're young, they start building up immunity to a lot of diseases. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that it's not so much their frequency is lowered mm -hmm. from the same way. It mm -hmm. might be lowered through intention from a higher level, from a biological level, in order to get that immunity build up. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a combination of all that. And in any given moment, it might be a couple of those. But those are yeah, and that is the reason that children are in love with eating dirt. <laughs> and please let them eat the dirt. Yeah. Because it will boost their immune system. At this point in my life, my immune system could kill another human being. Mm. Okay, I just wanted <laughs> to say that. It kicks me all the time. <laughs> uh, you can see how that's... Will you, you tell your immune how? system to settle down? Please? Well, uh, going along that line, would um, parents raising their vibration have an effect yes. on their children? Yes, okay. absolutely okay. well. Absolutely well. And In you can directions. see why I was hesitating to, I, I was looking for the right words to say that because I certainly don't wish for parents to think, oh, my child has a cold, it must be me. Right. But you can see where we do interact with each other and that mm -hmm. it's most likely the purpose is for the immune system, but often we will take emotional lessons and and um, apply them at the same time. And so if a child does get a cold or recurring colds, I would look around the situation. Is there something stressful going on in his or her life? And I think as they get older, and especially of school age, it has a direct bearing on the vibrations of school, either the stress or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think children are w under way too much stress now to always be doing. They don't have that time to just do nothing, meditate, be bored, and learn how to get out of their boredom with creativity. Mm -hmm. they, they have somebody else do it for them. And I think that's why a lot of the teens now in this current era are, are not able to be as creative. And, and yeah, the, they're more reliant upon objects and video games and Facebook and things. And we talk about, uh, have written in the protocols, the trinity of creation is where there is a spark and the spark sets off a process and when the process is complete quite naturally you are bored so if oh. a teenager says to me I'm bored I know several things the first thing I know is they are just about to be inspired to begin another process hmm. so then as a loving parent you would explain the trinity to them mm -hmm. 
and say, hang in there. Uh, let's see you do nothing for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the 10 minutes, the, the new spark has arrived and they've begun process. Well, I used to teach again. that. I used to teach that to my kids when they were little. We had time where we just sat and did nothing. And when boredom came, I inspired that. And I realized a long time ago that if we have a job that we get really bored in and we don't listen to that and start creating either a new angle on what we're doing or a new approach to it, that it gets worse and worse until we get to the point where our angels come disguised as demonic co-workers to kick our butt out of there. So if we listen to it when we're bored, then we are in power of where we go. If we don't listen to it when we're bored, the, the power of creation will come anyway, only it will come in the form of lightning and thunderbolts. The power of creation <laughs> commands you to get mm. a new job. So being yeah. bored is a gift. It is. It, it is. really is. It really is a gift, and All to right. see it thank, that way. Thank so you thank so you. Much. Thank you for the call. We'd love to hear from you. Call, yeah. call again soon, and this because was, this is very inspiring to us. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. one other thing I'd like to add on to that, what mm -hmm. I was saying earlier about children being bored and, and not really getting that place where they get so bored they create. We're also combining that with art programs are being taken out of school and so there's not really a lot of places for them to go. So the more we create that, the better. We I'd have like to call? take out an art program. That ought to be interesting. What do you do though? Oh, we'll, That'd we'll be an interesting date. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Hi caller, what's your name please? Hi, this is Edith. Edith. Hi Edith. What can we do for you? I have a question. So, some of the recent metaphysical um, teachings and even some of the the ones from like the 60s or 70s like the Seth books mm -hmm. say that we don't really um, we don't catch colds that we don't catch viruses and that makes me wonder um, whether or not any disease is really communicable uh, so some of the teachings are saying you know you already have the viruses in yeah. your body well what yeah. we do and is sink to that level and, and since it's a harmony universe, a like attracts like, if somebody else is thinking they're sick, well then we actually catch their vibration, their thought vibration. Yeah. And so if you look at it as layers, and uh, a cold exists on layer two, um, anthrax exists on layer one, uh, et cetera, all, all around, we can't get any of this unless our vibration goes to that level, and it's all in, up here in our consciousness, what level we remain on. Yeah. And so if you encounter somebody else that has anthrax standing in front of you, usually there's a fear element. Fear, oop, all of a sudden it's like Casper, when Casper would come to the room and the people would pack themselves up in suitcases and dart, dart out of there. We, our vibration, fear pulls us right down into a vibration and that's how it is communicated. Well, as, yeah, that's a very important concept because the brain is always the swing vote in this situation, uh, you know, increasing yeah. your personal yeah. vibration. The, the brain is always the one that makes the decision whether or not we are consciously aware of this process and coupled with the idea that everything is everything. And see, uh, the very first thing we would love people to understand in our driving force here to get us to recognize that we are in charge of the level that we're holding, we are in charge of the frequency that we're holding, is that there is more than one correct answer. So yes, everybody has germs. Uh, yes, everybody makes the decision, and they're both correct answers. And there's really an infinite number of correct answers. We have this false premise that thinking is laborious. In other words, 
well, I found the correct answer and therefore I can stop thinking. You know, how long does that really no, last? No, I think that's very insightful to say yeah. once we find an answer to something, that if is we see one everything, answer. every yeah. belief that we hold really are, are like, beliefs are like hallways. They're not rooms where we shut doors. They're hallways we are meant to pass through. And every belief always leads to a bigger belief and a bigger belief. And yeah. that's what we talk about when we say higher consciousness. It's just like standing on the side of the mountain and you go up higher and you see more pieces of the puzzle and it starts becoming yeah. more visible to you. And as you say, people go through rooms that are yep. levels and of understanding. Yes, absolutely. And there's always another, thank you caller, there's Thanks, always Edith. another, yeah, call in again. Oh, this oh, is humor. humor and laughter, what vibration? Here's always a, the higher vibrations. You can actually get to the point where you are so aware that absolutely everything is funny. I get there once in a while, but everything is hilarious. And, and people will, you know, will, in a very sincere way, and we're not putting anyone down, they go, oh, this is, and you go, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, no, wait, wait, let me well, just, you know, and you can barely keep a straight face. Science has actually discovered a new vitamin, it's vitamin teehee. Teehee. Real men, yes. I'm wondering if there's anybody out there on this planet that has the same sense of humor as me. <laughs> yeah, there's someone, I'm certain. Yeah. Okay, yeah. somebody does. If, if you have the same sense of humor as me. I know Neville's got a great sense of humor and people connect with that, but I'm curious. Because we might be in the same soul family. But, but that's true. That's another whole subject. Okay, that's a good thing. Because this ties into something else I was going to suggest about raising your vibrational field. Any positive thought, and maybe you could talk about your highest possible thought in a minute, but any really wonderful thought raises your field. Think of something you love to do as a child. When I was little, I loved to go to the carnival when it would come into town and ride the scrambler and those rides. And I remember my mother dropping me off with my dollar or whatever I had to spend for tickets. And I would be so excited. It was like, <laughs> you know, where you're. Uh, heart is is vibrating really fast and your breath is now that is the same kind of vibration that laughter brings mm -hmm. it raises everything in your field and I'm talking about healthy humor not humor at the expense of someone else or as a defense mechanism or of a way of being cruel but the kind that really lightens your heart also visualizing impersonal love and what I mean by that is just imagine that you are the love what you are feeling is love. Not the person sending the love, not the person receiving the love, but being the love as it sails through the cosmos. That'll raise your frequency too. And inversely, and this will prove it, okay. if someone has a negative thought, it lowers. Yes. And just because I've said that, this has lowered things already. Just saying that lowers the, the field around us. Okay. I thought. Yeah, well, truly, uh, and to retrain your brain to search for, to recognize that you've chosen, oh, there's that pattern again, oh, that's terrible, and then to, to stop that immediately and arbitrarily go to a pre-decided upon higher thought because deciding what is your higher thought when you are pulling yourself out of negativity you're better off at least at the very beginning to have a standby happy thought to, to click onto. Because the stream happy of consciousness that we live in, 
the stream of consciousness that we live in, when it sours, you really do have to snip, just arbitrarily stop it. Then you have to reinitialize it at a higher frequency in order to get away from it. If you reinitialize it, you won't go automatically back. If you just stop it, within three or four thoughts, you'll be right back to the lower level you were at. So you snip it and go to the highest possible thoughts and physically snap your fingers to get the physical body in on the transformation. I think that's also. so powerful. And I think yeah. doing it very decisively yes. rather than um, any arbitrarily or it's very decisively with a decision mm -hmm. and a long time ago you put it in a very very beautiful way that if if I say A B C D E F G H and I stop there you know I was coming next I and was. you knew J K L M N O P and you knew these Those these letters too. were coming next yeah, yeah. but you stopped the counting in your head we really are not taught to stop thoughts or to stop streams of consciousness because we are taught that no is bad, that no is a bad word. It makes us a bad person if we say no. So once we open up to the idea that no is a very high frequency word, because a warrior does not engage in anything that is not on their path. Yeah. And so if you're engaging in things that are not on your path, you are really interfering with the other person's path. Not really, not, not in any real sense. They have all say so over their path. But if we did have any impact on their path, it's going to be to engage in this instead of them walking on their, their path that they have decided for themselves. So that higher thought can be a walk on the beach, I believe you used to use. Up until every walking time you on the beach was extremely boring. Okay, every time you realize you're feeling badly about something, you can feel your energy sinking, and you want to uplift it again, higher thought. People who are, we who are Jewish, uh, uh, during the Sabbath, uh, an elder sits with all of the children, and every once in a while, the elder just says the word stop, and all of the children play this game. They freeze their body exactly when he says stop. So they are trained to have an off switch in the brain. If you do not have Red an light, off switch light. in your brain, yeah, if you do not have this faculty, start it now, right at this very moment, stop whatever it is that you're thinking. Arbitrarily stop it. Now, as I was saying, it's what fills in after you stop it. It's very, you know, there's the conscious breath meditation where you go, okay, I'm going to breathe and I'm not going to think of anything but the, uh, the air just going in the nostril. I'm not going to have any, oh, damn, I had another thought. You know, and, and you play this game with yourself and maybe you can get up to three breaths, eventually five, possibly you could go for a whole 10 seconds of, you know, and so you build this like any other muscle. Now the thing about it is, what finally pulls you out of the um, conscious breath meditation, and then that thought has a, a very different frequency than the monkey chatter that we're used to babbling through our brains at all times, which really is what's going on here to one degree or another. But this concept. So I wanted to say that uh, in increasing our personal vibration, it's very important what words we think in because we think in some very um, detrimental ways. We really, really do. So I said one of the easiest ones for people to get a hold of is the word should. When you use the word should, you are doing a guilt manipulation. 
You know, if someone says to you, you should, you're guilty. If you say to yourself, I should, you are manipulating yourself through guilt. And here, watch, I'm going to show you how this works. Are you ready? Okay, you should know that. Now, you were sitting there in your living room quietly munching on whatever snack that was, and whoop, and the eyes went wide, and you were suddenly guilty for sitting there. You didn't do, you're not guilty of anything. <laughs> so, now if I said you could know that, that comes through, a, a that, that's a different part of your brain functioning. That comes through a completely different doorway in your mind. Now, you can train yourself to hear the word should spoken to you. Why don't you just as a, a gift to yourself take a moleskin pad and during one day, just put a mark every time someone says the word should. And I'd be interested in that. You know, quit shooting all over yourself. Yeah, that's the, the expression. But that's a very easy language code. Now, to eliminate the word should is to attach a flag to it that every time you say should, you awaken to the idea that you are manipulating yourself, someone is manipulating you, or you are manipulating someone. You should know this. Yes, so you should, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. But you know what? I, I think that that kind of thing, just picking one of the words from your book or yeah. just ones that you know, I mean, we all come up with our own because it's very mm -hmm. inspirational to read your book. Uh, my friend Judy, many, many years ago, she always said, don't say have to in my name in the same sentence. And she said that all the time. Started mm -hmm. out as a joke, but she really became keen on the idea well, when course. someone said have to. Well, have to is a bully speaking. And it really, it really does lower our field. Uh, another thing that lowers the vibrational feeling of our field, not only just thinking in those words and everything, which are, are very, very important, but the words we think in are a direct map of our beliefs, and our beliefs sit on top of our emotion, our unhealed emotion. Unhealed emotion is having an event or circumstance where it's so out of resonance with other aspects to you, it leaves little short circuits that are going on all over the, the field, all over your field. For instance, if someone tells you you're stupid when you're in first grade, and you take that on for some reason, and you've got this little misfiring going on. I'm stupid, I'm stupid. So anytime anything questioning your intelligence comes into your reality, it goes on that circuit and hits that short circuit. And then all of your body, all of your energy resources from all different planes of your existence engage in this battle. No, I'm not stupid. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. And it takes energy away from you, and it gets very heavy, all combating opposing energy, conflicting, resisting energy within you causes you to go into a shrinking, denser. If you look at anything, when it stops vibrating very fast, it gets heavy, right? And so if it's vibrating faster, it gets lighter. And that's exactly what we are doing. Yeah. And I work with people to, very specifically. I've developed over the years a way to go and find out exactly where those short circuits are with mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. and, and affords us to heal them very quickly. Yeah. And immediately, the person's field will feel, feel very different. So if anybody out there that has worked with me on that emotional level, if you'd like to call in and just give an example of how different you can feel from one moment to the next, that would be great. Yeah, you don't I have had to give your name. Years ago, noticed that the um, 
that density that we're talking about is guilt itself. I know, me too. That, I noticed that and, as a small child. Yeah, and so the ascension, the idea of becoming the higher frequency that we're talking about cannot be done dragging guilt up with you. It cannot be done. And so the doing away with guilt becomes a very important part of maintaining a higher personal frequency. And guilt always takes the place of real thinking. I agree with that. Guilt is false thinking, and it's uh, thinking that is a short circuit thinking. That's exactly every single, let me just finish yeah, what I was saying yeah, earlier and, and then, then I we'll get, yes that. I know you have a lot to say about that, but that emotions, those emotion mm -hmm. sorts, short circuits are always guilt, always a shame or a guilt, every single time. And the way I explain it to people is that we are like hot air balloons and that we can only go so high until we throw those sandbags of guilt and regret and those sorts of things out and then we rise up higher. Oh yeah, absolutely. And as you were saying, if anyone has worked with you and would like to call in about how you've been able to assist. Well, no, not, not about me. I, I'm yeah, just I know, really but talking I'm just saying, about I didn't mean how to that. we can, yeah. from one moment, uh, as we remove the sandbags and be able to ascend into a higher vibration, it, it can change your life overnight. You could have phobias and then the next day not have a phobia yeah. And they never come back. Oh, exactly. And it's all about going in there. I'm just talking about one of the many, many, many different techniques we can use mm -hmm. for raising our vibrational frequency. And I, I study this. It is my life's work. I study it 24-7, more or less. And mm -hmm. I'm discovering new and different ways every day to um, assist people with this. Yeah, I've been uh, reading poems for that's a life's work, uh, reading poems, and there's a percent of we human beings that came here to run a business. Not all of us, of course, mm -hmm. but some of us. And uh, in reading poems every once in a while, you'll find someone whose contract states that they will open and run a business, but it's not happening at all. And so for those people, I explain there's three elements in running a business, and they are not location, location, location. They are not what you think they are. There are three elements to running a business. You must first recognize what it is that you would love, which is very difficult on this planet because whatever you've said you loved to your parents, they have said you'll never make a living at it, at least my house. Uh, you know, I'd love to be an artist. I'd love to be a stand-up comedian. You know, okay. The second element is that you must recognize that the business and you are in no way separate. In other words, if you are in your bad mood, the business is not going to do anything other than tank. If you're in your good mood, the business is not going to do anything other than expand massively, expand explosively if mm -hmm. you're in a really, really good mood. And the third thing, and this is more often where the stall exists than the other two, the third thing is to decide to open the business. Decide. because that. That, and the other word for that would be commitment. And the other word for that would be now, and the other word for that would be do it, and the other word for that would be etc. Okay, so this idea of increasing your personal vibration, which is the theme of our show, revolves around the all-important concept of, come on, guest, you can do this. What would it revolve around? I'm not going to tell you. The mulberry bush? That's it, exactly. So plant mulberry bushes if you want a higher frequency in your life. 
and don't forget to revolve around them. As long as it's not the boss's desk, we're fine. Yes, okay. If you really don't know, call in. Well, I would like, on that, that funny note, I'd just like to mention that this coming weekend, the 14th and the 15th of May, uh, HorseNet Horse Rescue uh, is having a powwow, right? The fourth annual powwow, is that right, Michael? Our own very wonderful Michael Nephew is the director of this powwow, and it is in Mount Airy at 1003 Twin Arch Road in Mount Airy. And it's from 10 to 8 on Saturday, 10 to 6 on Sunday. And they're going to have a lot of Native American crafts and powwow and music and drumming and all kinds of things for sale and to do while you're there. So you may want to go on out and check it yeah. out. We Michael, as the director, um, do you have a baton or do you just use a walking stick? Now, Michael, okay, Michael is helping us on our show tonight, and he is really quite a champion at Native American competitive dance, correct? Is that what you call it, competitive dance? Martial or, arts dance. Um, uh, Native American dance. Native American Native dance. American anyway, dance. it's really beautiful. And it if is. you check out our website, there's a show with Michael Nephew where he demonstrates that. Mm -hmm. I think Which it's still brilliant. on there. It might be on YouTube and now. So check it out. <coughs> Sunday the 15th, I'll be in the Chantilly at the Unity in Chantilly speaking there at Terry Dearmore's um, Unity okay. in Chantilly. So come there if okay. you Okay, And then the like following weekend on that Saturday, mm -hmm. I believe it's that Saturday I'm doing a tarot intuitive reading tarot mm -hmm. and counseling. And it really goes over how to be a responsible counselor. A lot of times we just get a basic oh, knowledge yeah. of cards or to do readings and we unleash ourselves upon the world and, and stuff like that, and which is okay, but there are a lot of things to really know how to be responsible about it because it's not just, um, I mean, you really have to clear yourself. You have to yeah. work and get your frequency to a certain point because it serves you better and it serves the other person better. So that's well, the class for that. And I believe you'll be doing the Merkaba coming up and past lives this coming mm -hmm, Sunday mm -hmm. and various other things that are on the website. But I'd also like to mention that I sent out an email today about the Serpent Mount Adventure where we're going to do Sekim, um, grids, we're going to have a healing circle with a Native American medicine man, and we're going to do some emotional release healing and mapping your future and various things like that. And it is from the 10th to the 13th of June. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested, let us know. We're going to go out probably in caravan, and uh, it's the Serpent Mountain in Ohio. And if you got the email, there's one little place that says the 3rd through the 6th that is incorrect. It is the 10th through the 13th. Okay. So now we can... Uh, at this point, I'd forgotten what I was going to say, but I was definitely going to well, say something. Well, I wanted something to get those announcements something. out. We usually get yes, distracted. Yes, okay. So. so our idea of you becoming the instrument by which your personal vibration increases, then and therefore the vibration in the house or the car or wherever it is you are, the area around you will increase. Like pig pen. Yeah, it is just guaranteed we to happen. We little clouds of energy. And all of, the, the, all of your life, the vibration around you has been by virtue of mimicking your frequency. In other words, and we've seen this happen. If you've had a roommate that was at a very low frequency, as soon as you got back in the house, you would feel, oh, God, this is really a, a suppressed sort of place somehow. You know what I'm saying mm -hmm. exactly. And, and then you would say, oh, well, I'll just be bright and light, and it will just uh, 
increase in its frequency and then the roommate grumpily leaves because he could not remain he sheer could Is not he remain still skin? could not remain there around your higher frequency that is the way that works it's the way it's always worked and it's the way it always will work so well haven't you seen uh, i that's why i wanted to do and i did a few somebody sent me some which i'm still grateful for that happiness is free one of the things that we do is we feel to be happy we have to pay for it in an equal part of misery in some other facet in some other area of our life we can have the perfect uh, partner that we can relate to but then we don't really love each other in a passionate way or vice versa mm -hmm. first of all recognize that happiness is free it really changes your life that you, you don't have to be a martyr in order to get it in some future far off and also that happiness is legal is my other bumper sticker right now we, look we get more criticism for being happy than we do for being sad what's making her so happy look how bubbly she is and everybody's just got to take them down if somebody is sad then we oh okay and we'll lift them up how about if we allow people to be happy we don't make people feel guilty for being happy and that will change the vibration of the planet it will echo like that laughing epidemic in so, Africa yeah. about 10 years ago Let, where these yeah. two little girls started laughing I read this on the good news um, website where two little girls started laughing and it w reached epidemic proportions and spread into another country to where over 200,000 people were laughing hysterically. Let's start a laughing epidemic. Let's start a happiness epidemic. And it epidemic. ended up in Japan. But before we go too far downstream on that, I just wanted to um, further the idea that everything is free just to amp up the uh, vibration of that particular concept. Now, uh, right now we have. Well, we know sorrow's free. We we take we take heaping spoonfuls, <laughs> but yeah, we don't we know do. happiness is. Yes. Now we have been taught from the earliest times in our life to be unhappy. You know, a child will laugh um, sixty-seven thousand times a day when they are young, and the something. average yeah, and the average adult laughs once, twice a week, month twice a year maybe you'll laugh. You know, uh, so we can just do the math on that very elementary math. We are trained to no videos. longer be happy. We are trained to no longer be happy. And so that goes along with low self-esteem and low everything else. Now it's still, and it's remarkable to me what, what a mystery it remains for people to accept the idea of zero point energy. Uh, because mm -hmm. we have that something for nothing, no free lunch concept so deeply ingrained in us that you cannot possibly think that such a thing as a perpetual motion machine mm -hmm. could exist. You cannot think that you can run your car on water. You cannot think that, that it can just be given to you and that it is your birthright to have all that makes you happy just given to you because we live on a planet of very low self-esteem and of great sorrow and well, we can stop that anytime that we decide to stop it. Okay, I know it's time for Duck, just real quick. Yeah. I had gotten about four years ago when we were at the Serpent Mound that we really are evolving into the non-consumption reality and I'll talk about that on another show or I'll blog it yeah. because it was a very fascinating concept that I hadn't thought of and it goes along with this zero-point energy and that's why that's coming up. Is we have to let go of consumption. But I'll talk about it in a minute. I know it's time for the duck.
and Michael Nephew. You will see him at the powwow. Yes. He is the Say director. Hi, so you're going to be the MC too, right? Or that? Oh, just the director. director. Okay. okay. Uh, right, I got good. resilience, and resilience really is about not believing in whatever is taking you down. Because if you don't believe in it, you can get back to the frequency where you were. That's why I teach in Sekim not to believe in the injury. You just say, cancel, I don't believe in you, and then it doesn't stick around. And I got creativity, which is a very important mm -hmm. concept, because there is no moment. Were you not being creative? That's exactly oh. what I was going oh, to okay. say. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. And I was waiting for the, the punctuation of I it. I apologize. And I was going to say, whether you are dead or alive, whether you are on the other side or you are on this side, you are always creating. Mm -hmm. You don't do anything else. Now, we are systematically trained from the beginning of our life to create doom and gloom. Otherwise, we would still be laughing like infants. And the laughing church in Japan got sued a lot for going to uh, funerals where the members of the church would laugh and the people at the funeral would beat them senseless mm. and <laughs> have them arrested for disrupting the funeral, but they kept doing it, and I see their point. Well, there, there's we a, actually a laughing college. church here in the United States, yeah. too. I, I don't know if that's uh, a similar church. But I'm sure. It would kind of have to be. Yeah, you know, but it, it's a standard thing to laugh um, yeah. because you're raising the vibration. That's a good thing. Does the I chorus like giggle on, uh, instead yeah. of glee, <laughs> they giggle? <laughs> 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 What is that motor? Right. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. Okay. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Jennifer. Jennifer, what can we do for you? I was hoping Eric could give me a reading. I'd be most happy to. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Okay. Let's see what we get here. All right. The first card, the miser. One of the things that we are stuck in. We're talking about this consciousness creating a, a vibration. We're in the vibration of the, the econ today's economy is the term. And what it does is it makes everybody be afraid to let things flow. And sometimes when we have a relationship that was painful, we get into that in today's relationship kind of thing where we feel almost as if we give too much, then we're going to be drained and everything. And I don't know whether that's a relationship from your past or whatever, but I feel that now is the time to really let go of those old influences of anything that was painful so that you can really break through. And this is going to really make a difference in the romantic, but it's going to make a difference in the job, in the finances, and in every area because it's all energy and it's all an exchange of energy. This card comes up often when you are going to own your own business or work as a consultant or something. So I'm getting a dual thing, maybe independence internally when it comes to other people. And that doesn't mean you're going to get a divorce or whatever. That just means you're going to find your own grounding and your own footing, both in the financial and in the emotional arenas. So thank you, Jennifer. Yeah. Great. And we have our next caller. And evidently not. Okay, I want to, yes, we do? Yes, we do. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Jim Neville. How are you? Good. How about you? Very good. All right. Hey. Hi, Mary. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. I just wanted to get a reading, please. Okay. Most happy to. Thank you. Sure. I, I felt 
this presence of someone very tall around you, I'm not sure if you are, are tall or if you have a father in spirit or know somebody. Um, it came in very clearly when you first started speaking. The first card we get is the comparison card. And really, when we compare things, everybody loses on both sides of the thing because it takes away your uniqueness the moment you compare anything. And I feel like there have been times you've been really hard on yourself because you're comparing to what you think you wanted to be or what you thought you should be, and I'm putting quotes on all that, throughout your life. And now's the time to just say, well, who am I? It's like the judgment card in the traditional tarot. It's time to come out of those coffins of old identities and become who we really are. And the sharing card is saying the world really would love to see that from you. Um, I, I feel like a lot of brilliance, like you do a lot of your thinking and creating in the private space of your own head and in your own uh, area. And it's time to go past that and just put it out there and not really care whether people love it or hate it. It's just a matter of getting it out there. So um, I don't know. I feel like you're a very inventive person as well. So thank you, Jim. All right. And uh, do we have our next caller? Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Kevin. Kevin. Hey, what Kevin. Can, what can we How do you for you? How you guys doing? Hey, oh, is good. this our yeah. Kevin? Yep. Yay. Kevin, Kevin. Yay. Kevin, good to hear Kevin. from you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. I was able to catch your show tonight, and you were talking about the illnesses that uh, people um, sort of like subscribe to, and I was wondering <laughs> what your thoughts were about maybe it's a role that they want to play because... Um, you know, whenever people are sick, they go through um, a series of realizations and they are an experience for people through that process. And maybe it's a role, possibly, that they want to play because it well, gives them a chance for having an identity. I was wondering what, what you thought about that. We've been taught to play the sick card since we are a small child. I can remember, oh boy, I'm sick, I'm going to get comic books and ice cream and not have to go to school. Exactly. And yeah, and well, so that's a very easy thing to do is to play the sick card. And it's also, for a lot of us, the final card we ever play. Because after mm -hmm. that, then we quit the game and, and go back and then regenerate another body. Well, I think that's very intriguing what you're saying. But one thing I, not I have noticed is we as humans often confuse pity and love. And so w if that's confused, we think of pity as love. And so the only way we can get pity is to be diminished in some way, usually physically, because it's right. That's when people take care of us. Yeah. So often it is because we are not allowing ourselves to embrace true love. And so we settle for it in the form of pity. And sickness is just the easiest way to get there. And yeah. then after a while, we start taking on, and it gets into what Kevin's saying, we take on the identities that allow us to get maximum amount of love. And I feel like and we all do like that. It's like a badge or a mm -hmm. medal that they have. Where yeah, it's but, like, yeah. Oh, but you I know what? through this, whoa. Yeah. What we will take on, whatever identity will bring us love, whether that's being sick all the time or whether that's doing everything for everyone or if it's being the know-it-all or if it's being the emotionally Martyr. available or if it's being the defender of rights, we will take on the role that will bring us the most love, and love is defined by our experiences early on. And that's it's really good talking to you guys. I'll let yeah. you go. Great show. Hey, thanks, thanks, Kevin. Kevin. That, was a, that was a very good, inspiring thing that you brought yeah, up. I think yeah. it's adequate. I mean, and a lot of excellent people, for that's a very common thing. Mm -hmm. And it is the sick card. You're playing the sick card. Mm -hmm. Now, in that particular form of consciousness, if you ask the person, 
what will they be doing about that? And I'm not saying not to have pity. I'm not saying to be cold-hearted. I'm just saying to get the person to track back to where they are steering their own boat again, because that's a form of resignation. Well, I have found, I know we're going to get to yeah. a call, but I have found that if you love a person when they're playing that card, which is really what they're looking for, show them true love that yes. makes them okay, that they're sick, okay if they're well, and then teach them that when they're well, it's, it works yeah. a lot worse. Do yeah. we have another call? Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Evelyn. Pardon? Evelyn. Evelyn, oh, hi. Evelyn. hi. Yes, I'd just like a, a general reading from Mary, please. Okay, be most happy All right. to. All right, the first card we get is the fighting card. Just like uh, an infection is two microorganisms fighting within us, it's us fighting against something else, that the fighting, it just shows you, is a lower frequency thing, period. It is. We all do it. And it's a matter of resistance, and when we know that we're perfect, we no longer resist. So what it's saying is don't look for any old things that you're still judging yourself, fighting yourself in the form of a regret, and really let it go. I think that the, this card often comes up when there is something to do with office politics or something along those lines. And it also talks about you not really caring for lies. You're a very honest, upfront person. You like people to be that in, in exchange. And just know that you can have what you wish. You don't have to always go compromising with other people. And that your wisdom is here to share with others. And it's time that you really open up to this in whatever way feels right to you. And just be upfront. I don't have to please everybody. Because it's like, what was the quote from Kennedy? If you please, what? no, if you please 20, some of the people some of the time or if you, whatever oh, that is. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. And just look more to pleasing who you are and staying in integrity with who you really are. 17% thank you. So of thank the you. people, 83% of the time. Yeah, like that's that. it. Yeah, whatever yeah. that one was. Okay, do All we right. have time for another call? We're out of okay. time. Okay. I had wanted also just one particular sure. language code, which is the word if. And the word if subtracts a decision from you when you say if you you do not make a decision mm -hmm. when you could if you know what I mean now that I've said if you know what I mean you don't know what I mean mm. and I'm gonna let it go at that what if you hadn't said that we don't know if it would have been different so the word if is just a little disaster waiting to happen in your thinking so attach a flag and its cousin, which is the word hope, and I hope you know this, because as soon as I say I hope you know it, no decision's been rendered about whether or not you know it. You should hope to know it. Yeah, there you go. If you try so hard enough. Life. Life. Fill. Oh, if. L I F E. Life. Life. Yeah. Yeah. L -I -F -E. And gift also, uh, which is God, G I F T. T represents man. G represents the universe or God, and then if is in between, mm. which is a very good translation of the symbol of the word gift. And Kevin, give life. us a call too. We'd love to see you sometime. We're going to Ruby Tuesdays tonight if you can make it out. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to see you. I've been thinking of you a lot. I got your new Oracle deck, and I absolutely love it. It's brilliant. And just the September node, fine. Okay, good. Hold still just for a moment. September. And you see the third, third eye? Okay, there's an eye in the September node. All right. 
My grandma, shape. you've got a big eye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he loves eyes. Yeah. Okay. okay. It was our joy and honor to take you to the door. And you're going through it, and you know it, so quit fooling around. Okay. Mm -mm -mm.